0: You're listening to Level Up Game Product Manager's Edition with Melissa Zalou from IronSource and Joe Kim, the founder of GameMakers.
1: So welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Level Up, the podcast for people who love making, growing, and of course, playing games. This week's episode is the fourth installment in our new mini-series focused on game product management, and we'll be focusing on how to build the winning game team and how culture and values plays into that. As always, when it comes to this mini-series, we're joined by my wonderful co-host for the Level Up GPM edition, Joe Kim, who's the founder of the Game Makers blog and YouTube channel, and also by Sophie Vo, game lead at Voodoo. Hi both, and thanks for being on the show
2: today. Hey Melissa. Hi Melissa.
0: So maybe we could first start, Sophie, um, by having you talk a little bit about your background in the games industry and your new role at Voodoo.
2: Yeah, Sure. So um, I've been working all my uh, career, actually, in uh, mobile games. So I have more than 10 years of experience. And in the past, I have worked um, in different casual mobile uh, companies, Wooga, at Rovio, And um, I started also my career at Gameloft. So I have a broad range of experience um, on mobile games and uh, free-to-play games. And I indeed recently joined Voodoo as a game lead. And I opened a new team. Um, business uh, there for uh, Voodoo um, and just getting started. So, what will be my responsibility there? As I have uh, my track record in uh, developing casual games, uh, IAP based games, this is what I will be doing. And this is uh, totally new for Voodoo as well. So, Voodoo has been well established in hyper casual games. And uh, this has been an amazing year so far for uh, Voodoo. But then expanding further and uh, complementing with my skills that I have in iip based games, I'll explore that market, uh, building a new team in Berlin. And uh, my responsibility as a game lead doesn't um, stop only at the game, but I'm responsible for whatever is needed to make a great game. That means building and casting the team and uh, setting the direction and the vision for what we will do and uh, helping out on all the matters to uh have success with the team. So whether it's production, product management, whatever is needed, staffing, I'll help the team. But that's on a high level, my responsibility.
0: Great, and Sophie, before you joined Voodoo, we actually did a video interview for my GameMakers YouTube channel, where we talked about the importance of having a set of values to help define and develop a culture the new team you were going to be building, which you're now doing at Voodoo. So can you talk about that presentation you created and why you think it's important to codify your values for this future team you're building right now?
2: Yes. Yeah, so um, it was good to kick off with you that presentation and that handbook I created. So um, my experience uh, having uh, led and worked with uh, many teams, I know that it takes time to form a new team, especially in my situation a new organization, I'm new in the organization and I will be on the brand new team, it will take time before we norm and perform. So the idea behind the the handbook, the presentation, was to define the values that are important for me, the culture what I believe will bring us to success and uh, also uh, give it as a tool for the team of communication so we know what to expect from each other and we have um, an alignment of what is important for us uh, how how we should work so uh, that was really important not only for me but for the future team members and the ones who have watched that video also to make you know uh, the decision if they feel that it resonates with them then this is a place that they can join in the future so no surprises when after they, they join you know so I wanted to be also super open and transparent in what I believe in.
1: So I actually I'm about to ask you a question about your unique take on, on DNA but before we get to that actually I'm curious did you create this presentation um, sort of years ago and take it with you as you create each sort of new game with a new game to team in each company you've worked with or is it something you created sort of specifically for the role at Voodoo?
2: So that uh, that presentation is the result of my years of experience working and leading teams so um, I have actually a master document that I kept alive over years and I refined and so that's what I work with uh, with the team so it has evolved over time but I would say that is the ultimate level of what I could have um, put together based on what I, I have learned. And um, in the past, I did pretty high level with the team. And I learned through the experience and development of a game that uh, it could have been detailed more. We could have talked more about certain things, how we do things, because values are one thing. But then how does that translate in our um, process, in how we work, in how we talk to each other, how we make games? Uh, that could have been defined better. So I wanted to, between the transition of two jobs, to take the time really to think like how could that translate in you know, a work and uh, test it out by uh, doing the video I did with uh, with Joe. So I had a, a lot of feedback uh, after that video that was good. So I could, you know, uh, refine it and also positive feedback to feel, okay, this is this makes sense for a lot of people and something I can... Uh, feel more confident about of sharing any recruitment leads, Joe, you might have a new business model on your hands <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so you I, I sort of I mentioned the fact that you have a, a unique understanding of the concept of of DNA in fact, you define the acronym a little different um, to 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 how normal normally um, it's defined. Can you talk a little bit about what those letters stand for for you yes
2: so um at the beginning when I was putting together that handbook, I wanted to give it a name that was uh, a bit more friendly gamified so i came up with dna i was thinking okay as the dna you know biologically what makes the essence of our team and then i wanted also to uh, connect it with something that makes more sense why that handbook uh exists and i came up with um do not assume handbook so <laughs> this, uh, this is what the letter stand for why because behind that handbook is basically cultural culture values and how we work among uh people is uh, based on assumptions. And I have had experience that a lot working with different teams, joining existing team or creating my own. We assume a lot of time how we should work together based on our past experience, culture, uh, well, what defines us. And it's through a crash that we find out that uh, it was a misunderstanding. So I want to reduce a bit the friction from the beginning where we are uh, Lay down all the principles of what we mean when we say that we work flexible, what we mean when we say we prototype or how we ideate and really talk concretely about these things. So that handbook is to help us as a team to not make assumptions, but to to really talk about the concrete things of how we will work. Mm -hmm.
1: And is the is the deck sort of or the ideas contained within it flexible sort of based on feedback that you get from different team members? Exactly.
2: So that is, for me, the version that I could go um, as far as I could go alone or with, with the feedback I get so far. But I for me, I expect that document to evolve based on uh, the team. And when we get started, then we uh, go through each point and discuss it um does that make sense for us uh does it work for us and then we may try okay what we have agreed on and review it a few weeks after and uh, adjust it based on the experience but it is a tool for the team not only me defining some rules in the team i come with a proposal here but then the team has to own it as well
1: Mm -hmm. one of the other things that you mention in the presentation is um diversity um, and kind of diversity of perspectives and backgrounds, and I guess also different ways of approaching um, game creation. How do you sort of manage to leverage diversity without letting it lead to, uh, you know,
2: discord? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's tricky because I I would say it's very tempting to uh, choose to work with people who think like you, who agree with you, and you know where everything is so smooth. And I have. Um, Seen especially when you have to create something new, something that that is not of the known. You need uh, that diversity in the team. I when I refer to diversity, I I really mean diversity of thinking and skills. So it can translate, of course, in different culture, education. But I really think of in terms of thinking. And uh, the way I see it is that there's always the that tension zone that is ideal where. Too diverse, too different, then there's no common points, and this is just maybe chaos, conflict over time. But too much the same, it's uh, it's norming. So it's about finding th- that white right spot where, um, to me, the overlapping point in a diverse uh, team is that we share some values um, of how we work together. For example, in in terms of communication, how we disagree. Uh, how do we speak up how do we bring forward a problem how do we solve conflict how do we own as well solving these conflicts these are the values that i would say are common to people in the team although they might think differently but the behavior should be the same so they can you know find a solution so that is one thing and the other thing is a long-term goal so what i call like the vision the the mission or, the, or reasons of being as a team must be shared because why would you fight you know uh, or why would you go through the conflict with a person if you don't believe in the bigger goal so these uh, overlapping points must exist so diversity can happen
0: right and Sophie you you talked about some of the benefits in terms of being aligned uh with culture and values but can you talk a little bit more generally in terms of you know how important is it for a, a team to be aligned and uh maybe you could also talk about the potential cost if if the team isn't aligned
2: yeah so for me it is I would say fundamental this is the most important thing and why I spend so much time on that uh because I mean in the industry it's uh it's very tempting to go really in the details of uh, what games should we be making, uh, having a lot of insights, you know, all what happens after, but the, this is the foundation, the culture and value and the people you have because the market is very, um, I would say unpredictable. A lot of things happen. It's moving fast and problems will arise. It will always happen. We will try something. It may fail and we have to try again. And sometimes we don't have the answer and, we have to live with that for a while until we find a solution. So what remains at the end of the day through the unpredictability, uh, the stress, um, the unknown, um, it's other people. Uh, it's the people and values. In these moments, you know that you're not alone. Somebody cares for you and the team. We believe in the same thing and we will continue and we, we can find solutions together. So that is what keeps the team together because with have no people, There's just no game right and that's really important
0: and you had a pretty big list of values for your future team but just for our audience could you say highlight two or three values you think are important for teams to be successful or that represent the kind of culture you want to build
2: yes and that comes from a lot of readings that i can uh share and and, and mention um later in the interview but the first one i would say most important is the growth mindset and there's uh, actually the book Mindset uh, that I recommend that in, in that industry, there's many things that you don't know. And I look into people, if they have a growth mindset, if they're, what I would say, coachable. So there, we have a lot of things to learn. And there, there will be a lot of situations where we find out that we don't know. So I want people who have the ability and the will to learn to adapt and to also admit that they don't know and they have things to learn to catch up. And the second uh, quality then is, uh, to me, ownership. And it's also one very strong uh, value that at Vodou uh, and that I I can see is is reflected in a lot of ways we work. Ownership in the sense that everyone should feel responsible of the success of the game. So I like to see as well when people find a problem, they also think of owning a solution there and not just throw the problem to someone else or um, when there are bad things happen instead of blaming rather thinking and reflecting what could we have done better what can we improve and moving on you know so really people owning of course the success but also the hard times and helping each other and the last point is respect to others so it's more like um from one to another respect to other especially in a diverse team we may think differently we may come from a different background and i Really look carefully at how people respect each other and different point of view. I assume that everyone should think that everyone is smart, capable, and we should never criticize or blame others or diminish others. And I have seen sometimes, at least to that in a toxic environment or toxic mentality in teams, it can drift to that easily. So I want people who can reflect on that, that... It's never about one person, but about a situation. So we have that intellectual hum- humility to see the other uh, point of view and respect the other point of view and try to find a common ground for discussion or solution.
1: And let's talk maybe about how you how you implement a culture, sort of how do you make it happen um, in both kind of new teams that you're building from scratch or existing teams that you're coming on What are some of the sort of specific steps you should take Um, And and obviously, how is it different uh, in each case? So how is it different for a new team versus an existing team?
2: Yeah. So for, um, maybe I'll start with the existing team, Um, might be uh, like, uh, it's good for me to summarize it. Existing team, I have joined actually existing team. I consider that I'm the person uh, coming after an existing culture. So usually when I join an existing team, I observe the culture that already exists. I don't usually act a lot and I... I spend a lot of time with the previous lead to understand where they're coming from and so on. So I have, in general, not a lot of intention to change the culture, but more to improve or help the team, whatever the challenges are, to uh, continue to align with how they have been working and maybe solve the things that that it's not working. So that's usually how I do for existing team and maybe uh, crystallizing more how they have been working, putting some words on that. As for a new team and what I will be doing, so I have been doing that also at Rovio when I was uh, developing our own game, I start with, like I'm doing with the handbook, defining the important values. So then it's starting point of discussion with uh, the future potential people joining the team or hires and see how we match each other. And then I would say second step would be having the contribution of others to, to make these values, whatever is the starting point, evolve. For whatever can work uh, for us as a team. And uh, while well, a handbook is nice and it uh, describes very concretely how we work, I rather look than how we actually work, so into the actions. And it's through experiences and mistakes um, and what we have done when we do a retrospective of how we have worked for a week or a month, that we can actually reflect if these values exist or not. For me, the values, it's more a mental uh, reference, but what matters really is what the actions we do as a team.
0: Got it. And Sophie, can we now talk about casting your future dream team, which is one of your missions right now, Can you tell us what that means in terms of what does it mean to cast your team and how does that relate to whether it's the culture of your future team or in terms of the recruitment of your future team? Uh, It'd it'd be great to hear a little bit more about that. Yes.
2: So um, you asked me before about the qualities, um, the values I was looking for. And this is when I meant by casting my future dream team, I look really, really uh, closely into that. So qualities I mentioned, I try to see first as well through the interview discussion and uh, cross references. So people who have worked with that person. So really I'm looking first into the character. Of course, then I'm looking into the skills and uh, I am looking also for certain skills in the team and complementary of skills, uh, what I believe could bring uh, the best success of the game. But I I definitely start with the values. And um, I have to say there's no um, secret uh, formula or recipe to um, spot these values from only interviews or technical tests. And I accepted the fact as well that you have to test to work really in real situation with a person. And that's why a probation period exists to really see if that works uh, or not with a person. But at least it's a filtering um, point for me during uh, the recruiting process to invest more in discussion with some people rather than others based on these values.
0: Got it. And so when you talk about a dream team, uh, you, you mentioned, so it's really more about skills and culture. Are there any other things that you look for in, in terms of uh, people when when you're uh, evaluating them?
2: So I meant like as well, the values and um, skills is, for example, something I've been uh, looking at more closely now in my recruitment. I realized that a uh, when I'm asking myself what kind of designer do I want in the team, and I have a list of skills that in reality will never exist in one person, so um, <laughs> uh, so it's more about thinking. I think of a complementary of a team. So I don't expect a person to have all the answers and having all the skills I'm looking for. But first, the character, and second, a set of skills that could complement with maybe another designer in the team. That is, uh, one could be more creative, you know, like very like looking into a holistic um game vision and understanding really how to build an experience in a holistic way. And having complementary designer who is more into like uh, system monetization, economy, more number driven, and both would could work perfectly together. So I look really not only into individuals, but as a team, uh, set up and complementary. And the same way I look for art or programming. So really to co- people who can complement the skills, we don't have to uh, produce the best game. And um, maybe also to go beyond what I call a dream team, because that's also a, a dreamful term. But a, a way maybe for me to, at the end of the day, decide or feel about it, it's really... I think about people I feel really excited to work with every day. And I had uh, have been lucky to work what I call dream teams. And to me, it's I see potential friends, colleagues, people who challenge you respectfully and make you be- a better person in your profession and your life. And that's what I would call is a dream team. If we are have people like that working together like that, supporting each other, it is a perfect setup for me.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about drilling a little bit deeper into your hiring process, if you can. Could you talk about, you know, you spoke a little bit about it, but how have you developed your process for recruitment? What does that look like? And how do you manage sort of sourcing and evaluation of people you're looking at?
2: So at the moment, I am um, the one doing the recruiting. So, and I, I also noticed that as a team lead, when you are the one sourcing, it's uh, more effective because, you know, better actually what you're looking for and you can also spot it so uh the way i i look for people is mostly at the moment through network and recommendation and i've been lucky to have a a big network where i have a lot of of names that were recommended to me and uh, the other way is also to talk about the culture i want to be on and the mission i have for the game so um, i have to say uh thankfully joe when we had that video I had actually really good people who reached out to me and were it resonated to work in a team like that. And uh, and then, yeah, it, it went through the process as well of, of recruitment. So that's one way um, that I'm doing at the moment. And um, then I have the evaluation in several steps. First, as I said, is looking into more of a character, uh, motivation. So by motivation, sometimes I think we... I have seen that in the hiring process. We go really fast in, okay, we have a good candidate here. Uh, nobody has asked that person if they're really motivated to join. and Let's make that person go through the whole process of recruiting. And I think it's a fundamental part to really check that the motivation is aligned. What for my future team I have to offer? be as open and transparent as possible to also let the person also decide and see is it the place where they want to grow. Um, then there's also look into the culture fit, And at Vodou, we have certain uh, values we look into and some of, of it I mentioned. And uh, more technical steps are then technical tests and uh, then more technical questions uh, for interview and cross interview. And that, that's it. And so you've, you've kind of gone into this a little
1: bit, but how can you sort of test or check for cultural fit during the hiring process? You said that kind of you're looking for people you're truly excited to kind of work with, which is obviously, I think, probably a relatively subjective um, metric but is it something that you're sort of able to build formal tests for or processes around or is it something you just say okay I feel this person also this person says you know your deck resonated with me and I'm going to take them at their word for it or is it kind of more formal?
2: Yeah, It's a very tricky question and it's uh, I would say it's a part of the human nature to be biased and subjective about our hiring so it's completely a valid uh, question but uh, you can get excited about people just because you like them and uh, I wouldn't wouldn't say that it's a good way of hiring just because you like people, but then how can you like uh, keep distance to uh, that when you, you go recruit? So I have um, a very extended checklist of qualities I look into people when I interview, and I'm helped also um, by different interviewers through the process. Nature to cover different questions. So we look at it from different angles and uh, ask for questions. Actually, read two really good books um, about recruiting process and in a more scientific approach rather than what we call a guru method where it's on the gut feeling. Uh, Work Rules, and it's actually from Google, how, how they do it. And they actually have a template of hiring questions you can ask to see how the person think in situation and not just random questions where you you, you cannot have a tangible answer. And uh, another book was uh, Who. So really like very methodical steps on how you can recruit the type of question you can ask um, and how many people can interview through a process. So I'm using these methods to not fall in love, you know, just with a personality and uh, be able to assess properly a candidate. Mm,
0: got it. And- let's now talk about the other side of hiring where let's say you've hired someone, unfortunately, you don't think they're the right fit for the team. How should that be managed? And and I I was hoping you could talk both from the perspective of sort of feedback and development and sort of course correction, but also if things aren't working out, managing a transition for that particular person.
2: Yes. So that unfortunately happens. And I would say, you, you cannot be 100% sure after you hire someone. You have to test in practice how you work with the team. So the way I, I, I start when I see always a problem, I try to understand why. So there can be multiple factors why it might not work with a person. So it starts, of course, with a discussion with a person, but also identifying concretely where are the doubts and why. Um, for example, if there's underperformance on, um, I don't know, delivering something, could be multiple reasons maybe this is uh, the lead not being clear enough about the goals or this is a person who doesn't understand the goals or doesn't want to do the work so you really have to dig in to understand why that happens on concrete situations so at least i try on my end as much as possible at the beginning to have uh, discussions on the onboarding and supporting as much as possible on the onboarding, so this situation don't happen where um, it's more of based on the context and, and the situation than the person. But if it uh, comes then to the individual, and I have the experience where it comes from different reasons. can be the motivation, so realization that the place is not what the person thought it would be, the way the team uh, is working doesn't match with what the person was looking for, or uh, not understanding or not having the skills or capabilities to execute what is expected. So it's really about identifying with a person and giving, discussing feedback on the situation and agreeing on a time to uh, give it a try. And I consider it always happens on both sides. It's a test on both sides to see how it works for each party and in my experience sometimes uh, before uh, when it's uh, the, the starting uh, when you hire the new person well at the end of the probation period uh, then after you did a halfway review and then you did end of review after three or six months, then you discuss and then it comes clear as a conclusion that it's not working and we part ways. Most of the time I would say it's come from both ways where we, we see that it's not working or it could be also uh, a match for the team or the skills and if the person has actually really good skills but are not well utilized for the team of the project, um, there are solutions to reassign the person where uh, the skills would fit better or the culture of the team would fit better and that has happened as well so it's about discussing solutions.
1: Maybe as a kind of a last question I'd like to look at the industry as a whole and where you think the game industry is in terms of acknowledging the importance of culture and building being intentional about culture and investing in it Um, when people talk about the game industry and And company culture in the game industry, they'll often mention kind of more negative phenomena like crunching, for example, in your experience, which has been at several major game companies, have you seen the industry sort of start to shift in terms of how they use company, how they invest in company culture? Um, not only to sort of engage and retain employees, but also create an environment that drives creativity and innovation in gaming.
2: Yeah, in a big picture, I would say there's more and more awareness about an importance of culture in uh, game uh, industry companies. I mean, it's been game industry is still a young industry, I would say, especially in tech, but I have had the chance as well to work in organizations organization where from the beginning the culture as the attention to culture and people has been there and I can mention for example companies that I respect a lot King and Woga, where there's really an attention to culture and, and it's been there from the beginning and you can see it and uh, joining Voodoo recently as well a lot of attention to that and it, it is not just nice words on a website, but really lived and through the people and how they behave and um, my belief is in, in the industry and sometimes because it's very also lucrative and very complex competitive it's very tempting to go fast and forget that there are people behind uh, games mm-hmm. and uh, fortunately there are cases also of companies who want to get fast in the market and it, it ends up in crunch time and not not respecting people and uh i call that like going for the sprint but in the end if you look at how the market is free to play games it is a marathon and it's it's really hard it's tough and there are going to be a lot of hurdles on the way and As I said, what remains at the end of the day, even in the hardest moments, it's the people and your values. So um, I hope that more companies uh, will become more aware of that and invest in that. And uh, I've seen attempts as well to invest in the culture, but I've seen that from the bottom up. uh, And I think uh, this is not the way. It has to come from the leadership. They have to drive the initiative and lead uh, what they think is important, what they value and if it's the culture it has to be supported by the leadership. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So um, I hope and uh, wish to see more of that happening in the industry. And I was happy after the video interview, I was reached out by a lot of companies who value the same thing. And uh, I'd like to see that more in the future. Mm
1: agreed um well thank you very much for being with us sophie uh, it's been super interesting and obviously we wish you the best of luck in building your team uh, and your game and thank you everyone for listening tune in next episode for more game product managers talking all things gpm related here on level up
0: thanks
2: thank you bye